0: Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Imran Kronk. He's the CEO at Ride Health, originally from North Carolina and now living in New York City. His goal is to maximize society's health and well-being by working across delivery systems and public policy institutions. Healthcare is so central because it influences and is affected by every aspect of our lives. And Imran is focused on how transportation barriers impede access to care. We've had a lot of episodes on the podcast about social determinants of health and things that we could do to improve them and and also consider them as part of our understanding of bettering outcomes and playing within this realm of value-based care. And Imran is here to share his thoughts on how he works with patients, providers, insurers, and transportation companies to make that happen. He also has served on the board in the greater Philadelphia area for the American Cancer Society and participates as a New York City fellow with Cairo Society. So he's got a good experience, a breadth of experience, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. So Imran, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Saul. Good to be here.
0: It's a pleasure to have you on, my friend. And uh, hey, by the way, appreciate you um, making it on. I know you had a a hectic day today and uh, appreciate you going above and beyond to make it.
1: Oh, of course. Didn't want to miss it.
0: <laughs> so what is it that got you into the medical sector to begin with?
1: Yeah, so I was always interested in you know, healthcare administration and, and policy because it felt like the kind of industry where the better you did, the more lives you could save or, or at least improve. Uh, and that, that always resonated with me. And I got into transportation as an aspect of, of the healthcare industry about five or six years ago when I was a volunteer. Uh, in a hospital down in North Carolina, and the patient was discharged and didn't have a way to get home. And uh, he came up to me and and explained his situation. And I suggested that he go over and ask the nurses station if they had something for him. He went over there and he asked if they had a cab voucher or a bus pass. And uh, they told him they didn't have anything for him, that he'd have to figure something else out. So he was kind of wandering around a little bit in the waiting area. And so I went up and asked him what he planned to do. And he said, uh, well, I might try to walk home." Oh, my gosh. And uh, this gentleman was perhaps 60, 65 years old. I I asked him, you know, where do you live? And he described this area that was about eight or nine miles away from the facility. And uh, he was a little bit off balance, staggering. Uh, He told me that some medication he had been given had compromised his vision. And uh, (laughs) no part of this sounded like a good idea for this guy to just wander off into the night. So uh, I offered him a ride home, and about 15 minutes later, uh, just after midnight, when my shift ended, that's what what happened. And everything turned out okay, but it was a little weird driving a total stranger home in the middle of the night, and it kind of got the gears turning about why this was an issue, why this had been a problem, and it sort of opened my eyes to the way that transportation barriers, something as as simple as that, can be a factor that impacts someone's ability to access healthcare services. Uh, and that's kind of how the, the journey began.
0: Well, kudos to you, Imran, for giving him a ride home. And yeah, that's pretty sad to think that we can't figure out a patch for that last mile, so to speak. And this guy was forced to potentially walk home. And it's it just really sad, especially with the things that were going on in his care and, and the limitations that it created for him. So now you're you've decided to take it in your own hands to bridge this gap. So what would you say is, is a hot topic that needs to be on every medical leader's agenda? And how are you guys addressing it today?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. You know, I think a lot of healthcare uh, organization leaders across the, the provider and payer and other types of organizations are really thinking about how they extend care and care coordination beyond the traditional four walls in the case of a, of a hospital or health system, beyond the occasional points of contact that they may have as a payer, and really trying to to bring care into communities, into places where people have, where, where they live their lives. So one way we're addressing that is, is we're enabling these organizations to have greater insight into and, and control and influence over ensuring that people are actually able to navigate the logistical barriers that impede their access to care. Because if someone can't get to their appointment or to their recurring treatment or Home from the hospital in a timely manner, it delays and prevents them from engaging with their care in a way that keeps them healthy. And as you know, health systems and and payers navigate these new worlds of value-based payment and reimbursement, it's really incumbent upon them to pay attention to these factors that are that are happening and ambient outside of of their traditional purview. So that's what I would say. It needs to be on the minds of every uh, healthcare leader, and, and I think is on the minds of a lot of them. So for Ride Health, you know, we we provide a a web-based dashboard that enables care coordinators and social workers to arrange transportation on behalf of lower income or older adults or individuals with limited mobility. And we allow the care coordinators to arrange anything from an Uber to an ambulance for these patients. So it's the entire spectrum of medical transportation depending on the individual patient or member's needs. And once a uh, care coordinator has put in the ride request Uh, We take on the the work of coordinating with the transportation service based on what's matched in our decision engine. And then we communicate information to the patients and to their caregivers and family members, whatever the appropriate point of contact is, to help them understand what's going on. Because transportation can be pretty confusing for people sometimes, and they really have um, a need to be informed in a timely and comprehensive manner about what's going on. So we send them information over SMS, text messages, as well as over uh, voice calls to mobile phones and home landlines, because not everyone has a smartphone and can text. So you really need to meet people where they are and communicate in a way that will resonate with them and, and, be re- and they'll be receptive too. And so that's how we really connect the dots between health systems, uh, transportation services, and patients and family members, and really try to bring these siloed stakeholders onto a common platform and onto the same page to create a smoother experiences for everyone.
0: I think that's a great, great highlight of what you guys do, Imran. And, you know, I think this could even be expanded to things like medications, right? Getting, getting folks the medications that they need or getting them there so they could get what they need because that's also a factor.
1: Absolutely, we have it happen a lot of times where a coordinator will arrange a ride from someone's home to their appointment for some type of treatment or a consultation. And then they'll also arrange uh, on the way back, not a one-way ride just to the, to the home, but a multi-part ride back that involves a stop at the pharmacy or a stop at a social services office to be able to access, you know, whatever resources that patient needs. So we're seeing our, our, our partners use this in really interesting ways that we didn't envision when we started out to help those patients address their, their non-medical
0: needs. Fascinating. Yeah, I think it's a great, great service. And give us an example, Imran, of of how your organization has created results by doing things differently.
1: Yeah, so we've seen some good successes so far. We've been able to reduce cost on a per-ride basis on average by 30% by using more efficient and cost-effective modes of transportation. Uh, think on-demand ride-sharing instead of traditional taxi cabs, uh, as well as those kinds of resources instead of more complex and expensive uh, paratransit and even ambulances. So organizations are happy with, with just those you know, cost reductions, but we don't only strive for financial value. We strive for, for clinical and, and operational value. So one of our, our main focuses is to help reduce no-show rates to appointments. And no-show rates you know, vary depending on the, the care setting. But on average, we've been able to reduce no-shows by about 35%. And that really makes a difference, not only for patients who are now getting more regular and timely access to care, but also for organizations who are seeing fewer open slots and last-minute cancellations and reschedulings that wreak havoc on their operations. And then on the inpatient side of the house, we are making a difference in terms of reducing the incidence of delayed discharge, where a patient may be ready to go in the morning, but no one's able to come pick them up until the early evening. Or they may be ready to go late at night, but no one can come get them until the morning. So with Ride Health and some some process work we've done with discharge uh, units at at facilities across the nation, we've been able to see an average of of nine hours of reduced length of stay because we're facilitating on-time discharges instead of delayed discharges. That has implications for not only the hard costs of monitoring someone who no longer needs to be in that bed, But there's also an opportunity cost and not to mention a a missed care opportunity for patients who may need that bed. So we've been seeing success across, you know, just hard cost reductions as well as reduced no-shows and delayed discharges, not to mention upside improvements in patient experience and satisfaction. And these metrics are critically important to us because we don't view transportation as just a cost center or a way to uh, band-aid, you know, gaps in transitions of care. We view transportation when strategically deployed as an asset that can drive upside clinical and financial and operational value for our partners and for their patients.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a strategic way of looking at it, Imran, and no doubt valuable to care, but also the management of the business of healthcare. So uh, love that you took us down this path. As you guys have built out your solution, Share with us a, a time that you had a setback and what you learned from that
1: yeah that's that's an interesting question we 've had a lot of uh, moments where we 've certainly learned important lessons, and um, you know I think one of those was an instance where it was very early on in our time working with with patients and, and, and institutions and there was a you know our normal flow is for a round trip chemotherapy appointment for example, the patient gets the ride to the appointment they get the several hours while they're in the chair, and then they come out the other side. They press 1 in response to the text message we've sent, and their ride is dispatched to, uh, to take them home. And um, we had a moment one afternoon where a patient arrived for his appointment at 1 p.m., and we would have expected him to trigger the ride at uh, 5 or 6 p.m. And 5 p.m. came and went, 6 p.m. came and went, 7 p.m., 8 p.m. I didn't notice until I happened to be reviewing the rides for the day that at about 8.30 p.m., that that patient had never triggered his ride home. And uh, that was a, an oversight. You know, we, we should have monitoring to be able to, to catch that. And we do now, but we didn't at the time. So yeah. we relied on us to kind of manually see that. And that was kind of like a whoa moment, you know, because we had no idea what's happening with that patient at that point. For sure. So we kind of scrambled and, and, and I called the patient to see what was going on. And uh, we reached him and, and he told us that he had been taken to the emergency department across the street from, from the cancer center because he had been feeling more nauseous and lightheaded than usual after his chemotherapy. And uh, I was kind of taken aback because that had never happened before. You know, this mm-hmm. was literally three weeks into our, our launch. I said, well, is there anything we can do with regard to the ride that we had set up? And he said, uh, well, no, I, I, I saw your message a few hours ago. I think when I'm all done here, I'm just going to press one. Is that going to work? And uh, again, taken aback that he that he got it. And I said, yeah, yeah, that'll work. So a couple hours later, when it was around you know, 10 p.m., 10.30. Sure mm-hmm. enough, he pressed one, and, and he had his, his ride home. And it was, it was one of those moments where you kind of breathe a sigh of relief because everything worked out okay. But it kind of showed us that, the, you know, medicine is unpredictable, and, and clinical experiences and patient journeys are, are very unpredictable, and uh, transportation has to be very adaptable uh, mm-hmm. to accommodate that. So I guess it was a moment where we dodged a bullet of sorts, uh, but it was a lesson learned for sure the importance of, of monitoring and check-in with patients on a consistent basis.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. Thanks for sharing that, Imran. And uh, just thinking through that, maybe even having like a delay feature where, you know, it says, hey, press one, you don't hear back within 10 minutes, you get another message that says, hey, is everything okay? <laughs> um, yeah. Because yeah, it's so unpredictable.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that, that also showed us a kind of how, um, how, how high reliability we have to be because If you think about all the people whose evenings were made easier by that simple press one to get your ride home, you know, the patient avoided staying in the hospital bed overnight or the emergency department bed. His care coordinator who had left at like 5 or 6 p.m. that day didn't have to worry about whether the patient was going to have a ride home. She knew that that he had been set up with this resource. Yep. And the driver who would have been scheduled to pick him up around 5 p.m. no longer had a wasted trip. Right. So, it kind of told, showed us how much was hinging on that one little process, which, which worked out in this case. But uh, we definitely built a lot more tooling and process around it to take care of these kinds of contingencies.
0: That's awesome, man. No, congratulations. Glad it worked out. Sounds like you learned a lot from it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Once you insert yourself into the process, how much value you're actually providing. What would you say one of the proudest leadership experiences you've had to date at Ride Health?
1: Well, I guess it was the first time I went away for a trip for a couple of days to see clients, and and uh, everything ran smoothly. <laughs> back, <laughs> back home, that was definitely a proud moment. You know, uh, anytime you have a company that you start and and bring people on gradually, it's always a process of trying to make as little rely and depend upon you as possible. And that was definitely a journey, and we're still you know working toward it as we advance through stages, but. I think that was a really proud moment because the team really came together and it showed us that we had a bunch of really dedicated and smart and, and talented people on board. So I think it's kind of simple, but but that was the,
0: the proudest moment. Hey, man, it's simple, but crucial. So congrats on, on being able to do that. And so as you guys continue building and growing, what's an exciting project or focus that you're working on today?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think one of um, the most exciting among a few that I could talk about is um, this project we're working on that will bring digital connectivity to uh, kind of off-the-grid resources from a transportation perspective. So think about volunteer networks that exist in grassroots fashions around the country, or hospitals-owned shuttle fleets that they have had for a while and have invested in, but haven't invested enough in that they have real-time routing and dispatch. Or uh, also different kinds of fleets that, that belong to organizations that that are not hospitals but are more like municipalities that have an interest in connecting those fleets and even you know small cab companies that that, that uh, are not on one of those apps like Curb we have a product coming on uh, within the next few months that will connect those those fleets and allow them to be a part of the ride health ecosystem in the same way that the other digitally connected third party professional transportation resources are and we think that's going to be really exciting because It will connect volunteers and communities who have vehicles and and time on their hands to be able to help those who who need access to transportation. It will be particularly impactful in rural areas. And then for our our health system partners and other organizations like skilled nursing facilities, being able to use their own in-house fleets that they've invested in instead of always having to outsource to third parties uh, is going to be a tremendous cost savings and value add. So I think that's going to be one of the more transformative products that we have and it's really another component though of the ecosystem we're building
0: that's awesome man so given the capabilities that you guys have built for management and flow to folks so they can more appropriately use the their current base of transportation modes exactly that's awesome man that's great yeah and you never know the little nuggets of value you'd be able to to help customers derive until you're in it. And uh, sounds like you guys are, are figuring it all, all out quickly. Imran, let's pretend you and I are building a course on healthcare leadership. It is the 101 of Imran Kronk. And so um, we're gonna have four questions to you, lightning round style, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Sounds good. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes?
1: Make sure people can get there in the first place.
0: Love it. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid?
1: Making patients not feel heard and, and making them feel like they're just another cog in the system.
0: How do you stay relevant despite constant change?
1: That's fairly simple because we're, we're still building the plane while it takes off. But I'd say reading and speaking and listening to people is a crucial way to, to stay relevant so it can
0: inform your actions. What's one area of focus that drives everything in your organization?
1: Well, we always say our our kind of prime directive, our priority number one is to get the patient to the appointment on time and safely. That kind of trumps everything else for us and everything else follows.
0: Love the simplicity of it, man. What book would you recommend to the listeners?
1: Meditations. It's one I read a while ago and recently revisited, Marcus Aurelius, and Mm -hmm. I think it's a, a classic
0: love it, man. It's a great one. And folks, if you want to get a hold of all of the info here, as well as links to Ride Health, which is ride-health.com, as well as a link to meditations and a full transcript, just go to outcomesrocket.health slash ridehealth, and you'll find all that there. Imran, this has been a blast. Before we conclude, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought with the listeners and then the best place where they could follow you or reach out.
1: Yeah, sort of as a closing thought. I would encourage anyone listening who has a story or something that, that they have been curious about based on an experience to dive into that, to think a little bit deeper about that. The one experience I had you know, five years ago has led to all of this and become the driving force of my life at this point. So you never know where those sort of thought exercises will take you. And in terms of getting in touch, I'm on LinkedIn. My email is Imran at ride-health.com if you want to reach out with any questions or thoughts or ideas, and I look forward to hearing from you all. And uh, thanks, Saul, for the opportunity to be here.
0: Hey, it's a pleasure to host you, Imran, and looking forward to seeing just you guys take off, man. You guys are doing really great, so keep up the great work, my friend.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast.